up on Tech News Today, Sony hacked again. We'll talk about whether it's true or not. A man who accidentally live-blogged the Bin Laden takedown. Now you can kiss online, but only with your tongue. All that and more coming up. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Tech News Today is provided by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Tech News Today for Monday, May 2nd, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by Netflix. Watch thousands of TV episodes and movies streamed to your PC, Mac, or TV instantly. Plus, get DVDs by mail and about a business day. For your free 30-day trial, go to netflix.com slash twit. Welcome to Tech News Today. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Sarah Lane. I'm Darren Kitchen. And Jammer B is behind the board. Jason Howell off on uh, vacation, enjoying himself in lovely Georgia. Ah. Were you not just doing the same vacationing? No, no. no. Did you not I hear me in the pre-show? I heard accusations. You were. Vacationing. Or is this a setup? This is a setup. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I was in Honolulu as I as you saw on Friday. I did see uh, they a have... few of your Instagrams. It looked like you were doing a well, little saying, bit of vacation. I'm not saying I didn't stuff. didn't spend some time eating spam and walking along the beach. As, as What's as wrong with spam? Does What's vacation. wrong with spam? Yeah. Okay, uh, we could just totally deviate. It's, into pork, it's pork shoulder and ham. Yeah, I don't. Salt's do a good. That. No, I know, I know you don't, but yeah. you know, let let me have my spam love. Oh, no, 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 you can okay. have mine. All right, yes, more for me. <laughs> Twice as much spam. <laughs> All right, we got some uh, big stories today off the top. Anyway, uh, Sony uh, fell on their swords this weekend, uh, Mister Kaz Hirai. He is. Uh, let me get his exact title here. I had it written down somewhere. And I, I want to get it right, but he he led the pl- the uh, the press conference, acknowledging that uh, in fact the uh, I deleted it uh, that in fact Sony was very sorry. Uh, they apologized for any inconvenience. Uh, they they kind of said it over and over and over again uh, that you know they are the ones who who did everything wrong. They did a deep bow, mm-hmm. which is obviously intended to. Uh, imply deep respect they've now created a new position chief information security officer directly reporting to shinji hasajima the chief information officer of sony corp Uh, they say they've added automated software monitoring and configuration management to help defend against new attacks enhanced levels of data protection and encryption enhanced ability to detect software intrusions within the network and implementation of additional firewalls sounds like they got us sold a whole lot of good stuff from uh their intrusion prevention or, or whoever their uh, penetration testers were, you know? Yeah, except that they've been hacked again today. Oh, well, Maybe. at least the pen testers are still there. Nikkei is reporting that uh, Sony got hacked again. What we do know is that Sony Online Entertainment is down today as well. Uh, in fact, uh, those DC Universe fans out there probably already know this, but uh, if you go to Sony Online Entertainment's website, it says, Dear Valued SOE customers, we've had to take the SOE service down temporarily. In the course of our investigation into the intrusion into our systems, we have discovered an issue that warrants enough concern for us to take the service down effective immediately. We will provide an update uh, later today. We apologize for any inconvenience. I mean, does does this make you think that Sony has been hacked again or that this was just something that uh, appeared to not be um, affected 
and now appears to be have been affected. Yeah, that could have been one of the things ago. from the investigation is that, hey, looks like you got to leak here, too. Right. You know, or uh, it could be a copycat. But, you know, we could speculate all day long. Yeah, so uh, I, I think it's suspicious because they spent a long time working on the PlayStation Network. They go through on Saturday night all of the procedures they've taken to secure things. They then uh, outline that they're going to be offering uh, free downloads and 30 days free PlayStation Plus network access and all of these things to try to make up for it. It seems like they're wrapping things to a close and we're going to put things back together. And then all of a sudden, two days later, boom, Sony Online Entertainment goes down. I, I don't think that that was in the plans. And I feel like things were wrapped. <laughs> sure. I, I think things were wrapping up. And uh-huh. so either... Uh, if they found something, then they weren't looking very hard earlier, you know, or maybe it was really clever. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's something new, like a new attack. Yeah, and these things can be really sophisticated. I mean, think about all of the lines of code that they have to go through and make sure nothing was, you know, potentially modified and that's going to, you know, bite them in the butt later. You know, you want to make sure that uh, that all, you know, vectors of attack have been sealed. I don't know. I, I don't wish to be in their position. Right. Uh, I, I, neither do I. PlayStation blog, uh, Patrick Siebold, we're getting very familiar with him, says he's unaware of any attempt to sell credit card numbers back to Sony. They're still not saying uh, that the credit card numbers have not been taken. They're saying they don't think they were taken. Uh, they emphasize that they were encrypted. They also clarified something. We had been saying that the uh, passwords had been stored in plain text because they had said they were unencrypted. It was a little bit of a leap on our part. He claims that Sony did use crypto hash uh, on the passwords. Uh, they were not in clear text. So that's, that's reassuring. Yeah, and we can only hope that it's not something like MD5 without assault, you know, or, or one of those weaker algorithms that there are numerous rainbow tables and online cracking services for. Right. Uh, so anyway, if you're a PlayStation Network customer, you can get 30 days free on the PlayStation Plus Network, or if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, you'll get 30 days free service. Uh, if you're a Curiosity subscriber for Music Unlimited, you'll receive 30 days free service as well. Uh, I wonder if Sony Online Entertainment users are going to get anything. Uh, uh, I should think so. I mean, do we feel like 30 days is... I mean, nothing's going to be sufficient enough to, to make up for how... Um, I mean, it was just such a huge service interruption. I mean, it's 30 days. It's like, does that seem... It's not even about the service. It's about the paranoia that now, you know, your identity has been compromised and you have to, you know, follow through with the FTC and all of the credit bureaus to, like, put locks on your account and holds on your credit and stuff like that and start, you know, monitoring very vigilantly, knowing that, you know, answers to security questions that you used on the PlayStation Network, which may be answers to security questions that you've used on, say, other social networks. Once this, uh, you know... It, it, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, there's kind of like a little Cold War thing going on where if the hackers ever were to, say, publish, you know, what they found, you know, do the old paste bin thing and, you know, uh, say, well, here's everything we found. It's out in the open for everyone now. Then, you know, it could be really detrimental to a lot of people. I mean, 77 million registered users. Well, I mean, yeah, like you say, the inconvenience that this has all caused is like, you know, you, you can't really repair it. That said, 30 days is like... Seemed bare minimum. I mean, what if they had said 90 days? Would would we feel differently? Like, wow, 90 days. Well, they, it Sony. also depends on when they get back up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right now it's 30 days for two weeks of downtime, mm-hmm. which is like, okay, we're going to give you twice as much free time as you've lost. That's true. Uh, but if it's, if what it if does, it's another you know, two weeks? Instead of it coming back up, it looks like more things are going down. Right. Yeah, maybe they'll give you 30 days and, you know, uh, 
uh, a voucher or some sort of uh, easy way to get in on the class action lawsuit, you know? You're right. Yeah? Yeah. Here's how you sue us. Yeah. Executive, uh, Kaz Hirai is executive deputy president of Sony Corporation and uh, serving as president of the Consumer Products and Services Group. You know, I had so. a hard time finding that information, too. I don't know why it's such a secret. It's yeah. A, it's a I, great I, title. Everyone, no one uh, wanted to refer to him by that, that full title. That's why you couldn't find yeah. it in any, any of the stories. But I wanted to make sure we passed that along correctly. All right. Uh, of course, the big news in the world... Uh, dominating the news cycle last night was the news that uh, Osama bin Laden had uh, been killed by U.S. forces in uh, Islam outside of Islamabad. Uh, Abbottabad. In Abbottabad, which almost sounds like you're making it up. But, uh, but that is in, that is in fact the name and probably the closest we're going to get to a correct pronunciation. Google satellite view. You can look at it right now. Uh, one of the things when I... So first of all, I found out when I was on a plane... Yeah. We had just landed. Everyone was pulling out their cell phones and turning them on. Turning them on. And guy in, in the row in front of me says, "Osama bin Laden has been killed. He was blown up a week ago, and they're just releasing it, the the news now." Right. Which so is, that's sort of a, a splinter belief. Yeah. Well, immediately I pull out my phone because I had no. I wasn't watching TV. I heard yeah. hadn't heard any speculation. Uh, let go to the BBC app because I, I BBC app is quick. I know they're reliable. They're, they're not going to pass along anything that's crap. Mm -hmm. uh, and I see the story. It says Osama bin Laden killed in a firefight uh, earlier today, uh, President Obama, to address the country soon to explain. And right. I'm like, oh, well, the guy got the details wrong, but, you know, this yeah, is, just this is what's story. right. We, we end up listening to uh, CBS radio, then switching to our iPhones and listening to Al, Al Jazeera English and, uh, and BBC World Service on the way home to get all these different perspectives on stuff. And then once we got home, we turn on the TV, we switch to Google TV and go to YouTube so we can watch the presidential address in person uh, and get the whole thing because we missed the first part of it in the car. Right. Uh, then we just sat there with CNN kind of on in the background looking at Twitter. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's, that's how media is done now. It's so great. How, how did you end up seeing it? Uh, it was Twitter. Um, you know, it's funny, Tom. You landed. Imagine if you had landed a few hours later. I mean, how much more you would have missed and tried to piece together. You actually kind of landed at a really good time. Yeah, we, the we actually got in the car. The, the president had just started speaking. We only missed like the first few it's lines. Kind of, it's rather coincidental. I mean, uh, yeah, so I was just hanging out at home, minding my own business, watching some junk on television. And um, I hadn't been on Twitter all day and thought, oh, let's just see what's going on. Sometimes on Sundays, I just try to sure, sure. do a tech cleanse. And uh, sure enough, it was, it, it, was, uh, it was actually before the Bin Laden news had gotten out. Mm -hmm. So everyone was just sort of speculating, are we, gonna, you know, are we going into Libya? You know, the jokes had already started. Um, and that's actually something that I noticed about this whole thing is that Everyone wants to have something to say, and there are the people, the very few people who have actual concrete information, right. or at least have information that they're like, this is probably pretty solid. I'm going to go ahead and pass this along. Um, and then there are all the other people who are just like, it's comedy night on yeah. Twitter, you know, and it gets out of control really quickly. Um, I did notice that Twitter was the number one place to get information but also the number one place to get speculation that wasn't necessarily true. Well, and that's always true, right? And that's why you have lists. That's why you have curated... Uh, I actually switched my TweetBot uh, front page on my phone from friends, my, my friends list, 
to my uh, my timeline list yes. because I wanted Those to see Andy Carvin and Jenny Jardin and, and all these folks that, you know, I mean, I was getting everything, but I knew I could find those folks in there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I should make a list of these folks for this kind of situation. And you had an interesting way of, of hearing the uh, the president's speech. Yeah, this ne wouldn't have happened a decade ago. We were sitting uh, on a patio having dinner uh, with some mates and somebody had, you know, taken a look at Twitter as you're not supposed to do at dinner and noticed the news and shared it with us. And then immediately, you know, we, we pulled out like, you know, a couple of Androids and iPhones and then boom, because I got Froyo on here and Flash, we're like, you know, propped up my phone on the uh, on some saucers and we're immediately watching WhiteHouse.gov with the stream. And it was just like we're all just sitting there eating spotzel and, and listening to the president. Just such a weird thing. The one thing I got yeah. by using Twitter uh, that I wouldn't have gotten until earlier today uh, was a look at Sohaib Athar's feed. I believe it was Andy Carvin who retweeted it. Uh, but he is a 33-year-old IT worker from Lahore, Pakistan. He's living in Abbottabad. Uh, he says on his website he has 18 years of programming experience and seven years of parenting experience. He was unwittingly live blogging on Twitter yeah. the entire raid. Uh, if you haven't read it yet, it's really fascinating. He's, he's saying things like, uh, you know, I'm hearing uh, helicopters in Abbottabad. What's that about? Then, then he hears an explosion. Uh, there's a plane flying over. Uh, he's, he's, you know, and he's, he's even joking about it. He's like funny. Well, because he has a, no idea what's yeah, going on. He's, like, he's saying like funny moving to a Badabad was part of the whole being safe strategy. And then he goes on to, you know, make uh, quips about it being a helicopter or possibly a UFO. Yeah, since I mean, Taliban is... don't have helicopters and since they're saying it was not ours, must be a complicated situation. Well, Hashtag Abadabad. Yeah, and, and he didn't even know uh, exactly what, what, what that meant at the time. It's interesting because you read it and he's just a guy who's like, it's 1 a.m. Why is there a helicopter? You know, it's really annoying and loud. And then finally, late into the night, he posts, uh-oh, now I'm the guy who live blogged the Osama raid without knowing it. And then right after that, and here come the mails from the mainstream media. I know he did Sigh. speak to uh, Al Jazeera, um, the podcast that they're, that, uh, I don't know, they recorded today or they will be recording. I don't know who else he um, has agreed to talk to, but yeah, you can imagine that his phone is ringing off the hook. In fact, the last time I checked his Twitter stream, he was like, please leave me alone. I need to sleep. <laughs> Daniel Jacobson uh, <laughs> at replied me on Twitter and pointed me to a tweet pick he made doing some searching um, and mashing up all the different tweets coming from people in Abbottabad about what was going on because they lost power, phones were out, they heard these weird helicopters. It's a fascinating read. It's, it's dominated uh, by Really Virtual, who is the guy we were just talking about. But there's lots of other folks in there, uh, you know, kind of piping in and saying, oh, it turned out to be a helicopter crash, bomb blasts. I hope everyone is fine. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's just uh, a slice of the experience that we would have never gotten uh, before Twitter. Now, one slice of the experience we also uh, would rather live without is the fact that if you did look up Sohaib and found his website, uh, earlier today it was infected with malware. Mm. And uh, it would give you a drive-by download of some malware. It looks. I looked at the source code earlier, and it looks like the iframe that was delivering the bad uh, code has, has gone away. Uh, but it's one of those things that, you know, when when these big events happen, the bad guys are right on top of them. Uh, so there's a lot of malware out there trying to take advantage of. Hey, here's a secret video of right. of the yeah. of the execution of the assassination. The Check pictures it out. of the body because people they know that people sometimes can't help themselves if they think that maybe they get to see some graphic image. Right. There aren't any pictures that Is have been. 
Similar to the study that, you know, a, a lot of the malware on the web comes from sites that host celebrity pictures, exactly. and that seems to be a good vector, uh, at least for uh, noobs that, uh, you know, don't properly secure themselves or are too curious for their own good. Uh, and this is just one of those things where, you know, when a breaking story like this happens, there's just so much moving that, you know, the search engines like Google have to stay on top of that. And that's a great opportunity to get in there and do some search engine optimization and find yourself at the top. And really targeting people. Yeah, and Facebook too. I mean, it's not just uh, folks' blogs um, that uh, you might, you know, want to take a look at where where you end up with malware. But you know, links from within Facebook, anything yep. that sounds too good to be true, as far as sensationalist photos or Assume videos or anything like that, it is. Yeah, the ones that I'm reading about uh, seem to involve basically sending you to a site that's got a video, and that video requiring, a, which is kind of an old tactic, yeah. requiring a new codec, mm -hmm. and then you got to download this executable and run it to install the video player. Yeah. All right. Uh, Time Magazine and Apple have come to an agreement over subscriptions. You know, a lot of publishers have had problems with Apple's uh, policy that you have to use the in-app subscription method if you want to sell subscriptions to your iPad app at all. Mm -hmm. And then you have to charge uh, the same price for your app as you charge offline. Uh, Time has reached an agreement with Apple that allows U.S. subscribers of Time print magazines to get free access to digital versions of the iPad. Uh, that means that they don't have to pay the $5 per issue price. It ends up being, uh, you know, 27 cents or so because you buy the print magazine and then you're able to authenticate uh, and just get the uh, the the uh, the access to the iPad app. There's a little technical trick they're doing that, that allows you to, once you authenticate as a subscriber, you immediately get that free access to the iPad app. Now, the other side of this is Time is not going to sell digital-only subscriptions. You'll have to, if you don't want to subscribe to the print version, you'll have to buy each issue of their magazines individually. Mm. And is the only way that you can buy the print subscription uh, an annual fee? And that's how it ends up being. I don't so know if it's annual. They may do 36 weeks or stuff uh -huh. like that. I, 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 I haven't checked that out. But, yeah, I mean. You, I mean, that's you have, obviously you have a to, much better deal. Yeah, it's a <laughs> yeah, much better deal. No joke. But then you're, you're, you know, killing trees, which is so weird that in this case, the version that doesn't kill trees is $4.71 more expensive. And I know usually the green option is more expensive. But in this case, w what's the reason behind that? You know, why does it have to be $4.99? Well, but. At the same time, I mean, don't you think that Apple wouldn't go for this unless time was giving them some sort of kickback? I mean, June 30th, all of the apps are required to have in-app in purchases where Apple can get their 30% cut. Maybe time just wants to sign up a bunch of subscriptions before June 30th, and then they're just going to take the hit on that 30% and feel like they're still ahead because so many more people are, are, are reading time now. Yeah, and, and this, this situation may change by June 30th. We at GigaOM, who broke the story, uh, suspects we'll be learning more about this deal come June 30th. People Magazine, by the way, already had this. If you're thinking mm -hmm. like, well, I, have a t I, I subscribe to a Time publication and I already get this. People was the only one of their magazines that did. Now it applies to all the magazines, Sports Illustrated, Fortune, Time, and others like that. All right, uh, we've got a little breaking news tidbit uh, from uh, from TechCrunch about Twitter buying TweetDeck. We'll get to that in a second. But Whoa, first, really? yeah. Hey. Uh, first, let's thank our sponsor, Netflix. Uh, they allow you to watch movies and TV shows streaming live, not only to your laptop, to your phone, but to your television. You got a PlayStation? You might not think it's good for anything right now, but it is. You can watch Netflix on it. That still works. Uh, Xbox 360, Nintendo Wii, all that stuff. 
uh, puts Netflix streaming videos right on your television. So you can watch movies uh, the way you watch all your other movies. Uh, and you can watch whatever they have available in their catalog, unlimited streaming, plus get DVDs by mail in about a business day. Watch as many movies as you want, anytime you want. Never any late fees, no due dates. Uh, I, I've been using it quite a bit. to uh, I, I catch up on uh, all kinds of stuff. I just finished reading Hearts in Atlantis mm -hmm. by uh, Stephen King. And I was like, huh, you know, I wonder what the, wh how similar the movie is to this. Popped over to Netflix, boom, Hearts in Atlantis, there, available for streaming. I was watching it on my iPad in minutes. Nice. They also have TV series yeah. and new movies and old classics. I mean, you've got a lot to choose from when you have a Netflix account. And it's so easy to just organize your queue online. And, you know, if, you, if you're like, ah, I don't actually want to watch the next three movies I have up in my queue, just reorder them. So if you want to show your support for tech news today and get a 14-day free trial, it doesn't cost you anything, go to netflix.com slash twit. We thank them for their support. All right, Michael Arrington at uh, TechCrunch reporting that Twitter has acquired TweetDeck. Uh, at least that's according to a source they have. A uh, $40 to $50 million purchase price includes both cash and Twitter stock. Uh, so uh, we had heard a rumor that this was that Twitter was going to go out and, and buy another one of the uh, third-party apps. A lot of people felt since they had bought an uh, you know an iPhone app a while back that that was it. They'd know that all these other uh, app makers would be out of luck. Maybe this gives people like Tweetbot hope. If we if we make our thing different enough, somebody will come along and you know Twitter will come along and buy us well, anyway. I get, you know this this article also says this is a defensive move on Twitter's part because they don't want Uber Media to be um, you know in control of so many uh, right. competitors. So there was a mo there was a point uh, there when Uber Meeting uh, Media was buying up all of those other Twitter apps and we uh, and TweetDeck was right. was one of them. At least everyone thought it was going to be a and done there was deal. one of those rumors about how you know Uber uh, Uber Media at that point could roll their own Twitter. They've already got all of the users on you know their uh, their platform. In that case, I don't know. TweetDeck doesn't have to be used for just Twitter either, right? That's true. Yep. Oh, so yeah. now Twitter has a portal into Facebook. Interesting. If this is true, if this ends up being true. Uh, and now Twitter has 15 more Brits. I know so I'm not a regular TweetDeck user, but I know I as is and a lot of other people are tweet I mean they love TweetDeck. That is the way that they experience Twitter. 40 to 50 million based on what I know of that rabid TweetDeck community sounds a little low. Ah, you think? You think, think it's a little low? But it's also, you I know, mean, with the it's believe another me, app. I know that's a lot of money, yeah. but with the prices that get thrown around for companies these days. Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably right. I was even thinking it might be a little high. You do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like TweetDeck is as hot as it used to be. I suppose not. But they are getting they are getting some some good intellectual property. Uh, you're right, and they're getting a nice big user base. It's a user base they already have because they're using Twitter. Mm -hmm. But uh, but it's a user base now f through an app that they control and can sell ads on. So well, and they got Twitter stock now. So it's right, like, and that, that's the real commodity. You know, uh, TweetDeck they they're already on track. You know, they've started. Uh, you know, uh, working with advertisers, and you know, since an article on uh, the 18th of April from uh, people familiar with the matter, the company I was actually, um, you know, on track to earn 150 million this year. So, 
you know, it's kind of interesting to be selling. Did you at say that, that price. you got that from people familiar with the matter? Uh, it, there are people familiar with matter on this Guardian UK article from the 18th. So exactly two weeks ago, this well, they was, know this was they're familiar with the they matter. They are, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, BlackBerry is getting a ton of announcements today. Uh, we've got uh, all kinds of announcements about different phones, operating systems. Uh, first things first, the BlackBerry Bold 9900 and 9930 are official. They add touchscreen as well as near-field communication support. So, okay, folks, time to start making those NFC apps. We're rumored to be getting it in an iPhone. It's now here in a couple of bold models. It's already there in the Samsung uh, this is gonna Nexus take, S. It's going to take bumping to a whole new level, the NFC thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the BlackBerry uh, Bold 9900 and 9930 are, are, are kind of a world phone and a, and a regular version. Uh, the 9900 is a tri-band HSPA plus quad-band GSM edge. The 9930 is a dual-band CDMA, Evdo Reve dual-band HSPA plus. So that's the one you're going to get from Verizon. Uh, but otherwise, they're, they're the same. 1.2 gigahertz processor, 2.8-inch capacitive touchscreen, full QWERTY keyboard, 5-megapixel camera, 720p HD video recording, and 8 gigabytes onboard storage. Uh, these are these are some sweet-looking phones that will run the new BlackBerry OS 7. Yeah, I was about to say, you're bearing the lead there. I mean, don't get me wrong. These are sexy with these 64480 displays and QWERTY keyboards, but come on. I mean, it's really all about the OS 6.1. I mean, OS 7, right? Yes, this is OS 6.1, and as we suspected, they are calling it OS 7, uh, which allows for a VGA screen resolution as well as the new BlackBerry Balance, which can divide your phone into personal and work sections so you don't have to use one contact list for everything. Yes, please sign me up for that. Yeah. You're, you're a big BlackBerry user, aren't you? I, well, I used to be. You know, I've, I've dabbled with all of them, and I enjoyed the BlackBerry for when I had it, but it's, it's dog slow. But, you know, now that it's got HTML5 video support and, uh, you know, supposedly a really fast JavaScript compiler, that's really important in today's web. RIM also announced uh, that a new playbook updates would soon come. Uh, every two weeks, they're going to, f to fast rev this because they know that the biggest criticism of the playbook is the software. And they're even talking about bringing Twitter and Facebook, uh, I'm sorry, not Twitter app, but Facebook apps in May, as well as a video chat uh, capability. Uh, it's got a nice camera on it. You, you ought to use it for something. Uh, and I think probably the biggest announcement here is that they have announced extending BlackBerry Enterprise Server to Android and iOS. This is one of these things that makes me wonder, uh, uh, how long is it going to be before we actually see a very customized version of it? You know, before the uh, the OS 7, uh, the Android OS, or I'm sorry, the RIM Android or OS 7 stuff came out, I was really thinking like, wow, you know, RIM really hasn't innovated in so long. I was afraid that they were going to pull a Palm and do like, you know, when Palm did Windows uh, mobile phones and do like a RIM uh, customized version of right, Android right. phone. And uh, it seems that they're kind of heading that in the direction of at least supporting iOS and Android and, and really focusing on what their core is with their uh, enterprise solutions with the uh, the BES, the, the BlackBerry Enterprise Server, I which integrates move. with Exchange. Yeah. You know, their, their, their devices are, are um, losing some market share. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, RIM is popular, um, especially in the... Um, the enterprise sector, but for the most part, whenever we're doing the numbers, RIM is always kind of going down in the device market. But if they can, um, you know, all things D pointed out, they're reasserting themselves as a mobile device management services provider. And they're, they're you know, the market is changing and they're changing along with it. And I think that's really smart. Yeah, there's yeah. tons of money in that. Well, what this says is, you know what? I We kind of got into the device game because nobody was making the right devices, but... Uh, frankly, we, we're a service provider. That's what separates us. Mm -hmm. And 
we need to hedge our bets because it's not looking like that device making is paying off as well as it used to. Let's let's open ourselves up. Let's put BlackBerry Messenger on different phones. Let's open up BlackBerry Enterprise Server to iOS and Android so the enterprise is still paying us something even if they decide they want to switch. Because the other carriers, or not the carriers, the other platforms have really been playing catch-up and really not even that well to BlackBerry. And this is going to open up so many corporations to a lot more options because, you know, so many corporations are tied to BlackBerry just the way that their infrastructure is. And, oh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you would love to have an iOS device. I'm sure you would love to have an Android. But I can't, you know, the encryption the mobile wiping, the, the kind of security that you get from RIM, you haven't been able to find in the other platforms. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Android because currently, or at least uh, not in, in, in anything, uh, not in, what is it, gingerbread, there isn't like a base lever, a layer of encryption in the operating system. So it's going to be interesting to see if their, uh, their Android support is only going to be for gingerbread and newer phones. Uh, Consumer Reports reporting today that, in fact, the white iPhone is not thicker than the black iPhone. And this backs up Phil Schiller, who said on Twitter, he's like, it's, it's just not thicker. That you're, what you're hearing is wrong. Don't believe everything you see. Don't believe those pictures from Engadget that clearly show that the, uh, the white iPhone and the black iPhone side by, side, by side uh, show the white iPhone being a couple millimeters thicker. And, I mean, I, I'm sorry, Engadget is not in the business of, like, pulling one over on all of its readers. They've got a picture. I, I believe that Engadget believes that the white iPhone is thicker. They've got a, it looks like a, a thin, I don't know, piece of metal that they're, that they, um, laid over the top of both. Could be an optical it, illusion. It, is it, though? <laughs> yeah, but then Engadget wouldn't do that. They, they wouldn't say, well, they're obviously the same, but let's take a picture. It makes it look like they're different. No, yeah. I don't they believe don't get they would anything do that. Out of that. On the other hand, I don't believe Consumer Reports would pull out their calipers uh, and measure the, the thickness using digital... Actually, they're using mechanical calipers uh, this, and measure the thickness at 0.37 inches uh, with calipers that are sensitive enough to tell, you know, 0.2 millimeter differences and say, nope, these are the same. Uh, Boy Genius Report suspects this is just quality control issue, that most white iPhones are, are exactly the same as black iPhones, but there's some out there that are bulging. Oh, see? You got something special with your white fatty iPhone. You think they're pregnant? Uh-oh. I mean, I remember back when my MacBook battery exploded when I was overseas, so... This whole bulging thing isn't really all that you're funny not You're not me. down with the bulging? No. Well, maybe, maybe what you didn't see in the photo... You know me. Maybe what you didn't see in the photo was the sandpaper, you know? Like the thousand grit off to the right, you know? I what? just... I just it's, I guess that, that's probably true. There, and Gadget probably has some weird, fat, bloated, eating too that's much sodium that seems kind of an the iPhone. most likely. Uh, Jeff, a software engineer in Mountain House, California, wrote in with a, with a different uh, theory. He says that... Consumer Reports is uh, using a different way of measuring. He, he said, upon reading the articles, the reason for the discrepancy seemed obvious. Consumer Reports is basing their claim on imprecise measurements that round off the difference between the two. The math is simple. 9.3 millimeters equals 0.366 inches, while 9.5 millimeters equals 0.374 inches, both of which round off to 0.370 inches. If Consumer Reports was using the same level of precision as in Gadget, 0.1 millimeters, uh, then they too would have seen the difference. But I, I couldn't find it, but I had read an article that said that the calipers that they were using were sensitive enough to tell a 0.1 millimeter difference. So uh, I, we're I, just going to need we're going to need a glass case, a la Cinderella, and see if it fits. You know, like if it fits the black one, well, we're need, but it doesn't fit the white one. There you go. That's the wrong. Can part. anybody call Apple about this? We're going to hey, need the white iPhone's well, bigger. No, Phil Phil Schiller already said on Twitter it's not. 
So that wasn't good enough. What we need is a busier news day. Yes. So we have other things to talk about. Uh, We do have two more stories, though. Google uh, leading the Harris Interactive brand reputation poll. Uh, They they beat out companies like Johnson & Johnson as the uh, company with the best reputation. Why does Johnson & Johnson have such a good reputation? I as was wondering this earlier in our prep meeting. Johnson & Johnson uh, <laughs> Find that more interesting owns a lot of brands, more than you may know. Berkshire uh, Hathaway was number four. For example, KY Jelly. It's owned by Johnson & Johnson, Johnson, not Berkshire Hathaway. They also make <laughs> Band-Aids, and Band-Aids go on children, and parents love their children. Roll-Aids. Ba- baby oil. love Roll-Aids. Baby oil. Yeah. Keeping those baby bottom suits. Benadryl. I mean, Important the list goes... Nicorette. Yeah. Nicorette has helped Nicorette. many. Thank you, Johnson & Johnson. Uh, Trustworthy. A- Apple was number five, down below Berkshire Hathaway. Intel Corporation, number six. Uh, right in front of Kraft Foods. Uh, Amazon down there, number seven. Uh, a lot of tech companies up near the top. Uh, these things come around a lot, though. Amazon won the last two of these. Back in February, Millward Brown reported Amazon was the most trustworthy brand. Uh, in April, Reputation Institute awarded Amazon most reputable brand. So... Google is just the latest in the in this beauty contest. Uh, let's finish off with some sad news for those of you who like to tether your Android phones. You better hurry up and get your tethering app downloaded because it looks like they are disappearing very fast. Uh, they they already had had pulled uh, the tethering app from T-Mobile and AT&T. Now Verizon is joining the party. So if, if you're uh, if you're trying to find the uh, the Droid tethering app. Uh, you better either hurry up and get it or get a Sprint phone because Sprint's the only one that hasn't hasn't taken it out yet. This you is know, Wireless Tether. That's the name right. of the app. The Wireless Tether is the one I use. It's a great application. Uh, I absolutely love it. But if you're going to get it, go ahead and get it from the Google source code site anyway and just download you can the side APA, load. APK. But yeah. Well, the other thing is the only way that you're going to be able to use this anyway is if you have a rooted phone. So if you're already rooting your phone, you know how to go in and allow your phone to run third-party APKs, third-party applications. You just copy it over to your SD card, install it from there, and, and you're good to go. Just because they've removed it from, you know, say, the uh, Android Marketplace is only thwarting those that aren't, you know, uh, aren't going to, you know... I don't know. Are they really hacking their phones anyway at that point? Although they, they may still be able to detect that you're tethering and come down on you that way, so, so do be careful about that. Oh, that's just going to be a game of cat and mouse. You can still get the Juniper, Juniper Fabrics um, uh, technology PDA net if you really want to pay for tethering, uh, USB-based. Let's move on to the news fuse. According to All Things D, News Corp will pick up UGO.com from Hearst. The plan is then to bundle UGO.com with IGN, which News Corp currently owns, before spinning IGN off as its own company that focuses on video game news and reviews. Plans for the acquisition were hammered out over the weekend, and a formal announcement is expected this week. And they're not getting rid of IGN because it's bad. It's actually making money. I guess they just don't want to be in the web business anymore. Interesting. After TiVo won a DVR patent case over EchoStar, EchoStar has decided to play nice. In a press release, TiVo announced that Dish and EchoStar will settle all patent litigation for the sum of $500 million. Like a lot of patent settlements, the companies have also agreed to license patents to each other. They're playing nice. 
Now get this, a new piece of malware calling itself Mac Defender is taking advantage of Safari users. Now this is a fake Mac Defender. There's actually a real Mac Defender application. Now Safari users will see a warning that their system's been infected and that they must download Mac Defender. And then after installation, the app asks them to pay up if you want to be protected. And uh, the next web.com is reporting details on how you can just go ahead and remove that malware if you have been affected. AT&T is sending out software updates to the Motorola Atrix 4G and the HTC Inspire 4G. Both will get faster upload speeds using HSUPA. Finally, the Inspire 4G will also get streamlined email setup. Atrix 4G will get a whole lot of fixes for a lot of things, including Bluetooth headset compatibility, battery life, and the ability to turn the Atrix into an edge hotspot. Apple has unseated Nintendo by becoming the number two purchaser of micro-electro-mechanical sensors, or MEMS. So what are MEMS? That's a blanket term for things like microphones, gyroscopes, and accelerometers. Samsung is currently the world's largest MEMS buyer, but if Apple's crazy sales numbers continue, they may overtake Samsung eventually. Mm -hmm. Now, courtrooms are routinely closed off for the press. However, a Massachusetts court will now be encouraging people to report live from the courtrooms using things like Twitter and Facebook. Now, this is all part of a pilot project allowing citizen journalists to stream proceedings as they happen. The court's allowing laptops, tablets, and smartphones to be used, and bloggers will even get special cushy spaces and Wi-Fi. Wow, bloggers getting something... It, rather than being prejudiced against. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, no more courtroom sketches, though. Oh, mm. no, we could still have an entire show of courtroom sketches if you'd like. All right. Uh, Microsoft wants to grab some developers, developers, developers. Ooh. Get it? From iOS to create apps for Windows Phone 7. This time, Microsoft has released an API mapping tool so iOS devs can make Windows Phone apps from their iOS apps. None of that, uh, we don't allow transcoding stuff from Microsoft. They're like, please, please just give us all the apps. Uh, Microsoft also has plans to make the same kinds of tools available to Android developers soon. Cisco has decided to roll out containerized data centers, or CDC. That means you can <laughs> CDC get... is probably not an acronym they should <laughs> yeah, use. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> containerized. You can just make up any word you I'm want like, now. Yeah. I'm going to containerize you, Darren. Woohoo! Put you outside. Are you going to put me on a mayor's ship? These are actually giant shipping containers that are full of servers and all kinds of networking gear brought to you from Cisco. And they're even designed to like be out in a thunderstorm or other lousy weather in case you need to keep your CDC outside. Well, yeah, this is like the containers that, that Google has that everybody talks about. Oh, they can just drop them off anywhere across the country and then boom, data center. And uh, it, it, uh, <laughs> if you've read Demon by Daniel Suarez, you know, this could help them take over the world. All right. Uh, finally, you can now kiss people over the internet. Thank goodness. Re That's what, what kind of, is that, like poke, well, is that like a virtual no, poke? No, it's only tongue kissing. Uh, the what? Kajimoto Laboratory at the University of Electrocommunications, a real place, has created a device which consists of a hardware receptacle which is placed into the mouth and software that remembers the movements of your tongue and sends them to the other connected device which moves accordingly. Oh. I take it they're, they're French researchers? Oh. They're Japanese, actually. Oh. oh. But they're, they're, uh, oh. They say they're going to work on, you know, uh, adapters to Adapters. deliver a more full experience, but this is all they have right now. Um, tongue kissing can go so wrong anyway. <laughs> Over the I just don't need like a straw to be introduced to the whole thing. But they could record David Hasselhoff's kiss. Sarah, and you could just virtually yeah, kiss over the internet, are you, you know? are you trying to sell me on this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs>
<laughs> no, I'm not. Well, when you put it that no, way, yeah, sign yeah. me up. All right. Where are the torrents? <laughs> All right. Let's quickly move on to the calendar. Samsung sliding PC7 is up for pre-order at Amazon. The price is set at 650 It was originally rumored to be 700 so it's a little cheaper. Uh, if you don't remember, this is the hybrid 10-inch 720p touchscreen display. Slides open and includes a QWERTY keyboard. No shipping dates yet, but I'm sure they'll come out soon. On May 5th, Samsung and AT&T are holding an event in uh, New York City for a special announcement. They're not saying what, but people are guessing. This is probably about the Infuse 4G Android phone or possibly the Galaxy 2. Uh, you can share Gears of War 3 beta invites beginning on May 8th and there's a few ways that you, a few ways you can get tokens if you've played a game in the Gears beta you get a token uh, if you purchase any Gears content off Xbox Live Marketplace or adding a 12 month Xbox Live gold subscription to your account you can get a token or if you play 20 hours or more of the Gears 3 beta um, time already spent does count or if you play more than 100 hours of any Gears of War title lifetime to date so tokens abound yay hey. to tokens for everyone hey. alright uh, 260 TNT shows our voicemail number or you can record a video of yourself, upload it to your favorite video sharing service, and send us the link and get your face on the show. Face. Uh, it's, uh, the, the audio is still going to work for you audio listeners, uh, but we do have a note from Jason Brown who put together a video response to Iaz's dismissive comments about Natty Narwhal and my subsequent comments, me, Tom, uh, that Linux users in Maine are going to take special offense because Iaz had insulted Maine earlier in the oh, week. Oh, Maine. So, Maine, the state. Let's hear from Jason. Got it. The guy from Maine. Okay. Buffering. Editor's cut here. Editor's cut here. In all the years I've lived here, I've never spotted a narwhal in the ocean. But I saw one on my PC this week. Hello, my name is Jason. I'm from Maine, and I'm a desktop Linux user. Well, we are few. We do exist. I ask, why can't you just admit that we have different preferences and move on? You're a geek. I'm a geek. Why the hate, I ask? Why the hate? Aye, laddie. I know what you mean. Dude, we've got to put Ayaz on not Slackware 13.37. You sure about that? <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> Pretty Irish to me. <laughs> what if we put Ayaz uh, on Slackware for a week and see what happens? Maine looks yeah. very nice. I would love to go to that rocky ocean We've now had point. video voicemails from Honolulu and Maine, so the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean. Isn't that wonderful? So you folks out there in the Indian Ocean, you're next. What's your excuse? On to the emails, TNT at twit.tv. Uh, and I believe uh, it used to say that Sarah would do the uh, the next email, but some, everything got deleted. This is the worst show prep document we've ever it's, made. It's okay. It was a slow news day, yet we managed to, to mess things up uh, internally. Masha wrote in and said, hey, TNT crew, you had asked for some illustrations and sketches last week. First of all, did we? Ask for illustrations you know, and sketches. You know, I was trying to remember. I vaguely remember seeing something about doing the show as a sketch. Now, I don't remember if it was because of the video problems on Friday. We had some tech Or we're issues. talking about court documents. But I love the idea of, like, we'll just send sketches. Illustrations and sketches. Uh, so Masha said, well, I made some, and I hope you like them. I sketched them on my tablet PC in ArtRage. Uh, I guess that's a uh, some sort of an app I, I'm not familiar with. ArtRage. ArtRage. Uh, do you, are you familiar with no, Rage? but it right. sounds like a tablet PC app. Um, whilst watching the podcast, keep it techie. Love the show. 
Have we so seen on the video, no, on the video version, uh, we'll we'll show you a couple of those um, if if we can, uh, and we'll have links in the show notes at our wiki as well if if you want to take a look at them. There. I have to say, Masha, um, I've seen my sketch. I love what you did with my lips. It's like the puffy lips I've never had. Uh, so thank you. Uh, it's 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 the better version of me sketched. Thank you, Masha. All right, moving on to our next email. Kevin and KC says, hey, TNT crew, I'm a network engineer in the Midwest, and I've been having issues with some of the Verizon LTE cards and that some of them are getting a private IP address in the range of 10.x. I'm sure this is due to the fact that we're running out of IPv4 addresses, so I understand why this is happening. But the problem is that the subnet mask these cards are getting is Class A. That being 255. This means that when people use a VPN client to connect to another private network in the 10 dot range, the routing does not work, resulting in them not being able to get anything on the network they're trying to connect to. I've tried multiple things to force the tunneling of the traffic, but nothing helps. I've spoken with Verizon, and they are aware of the problem, and are promising a long-term fix in a few weeks. But for now, the short-term fix is to force the card back to 3G, which apparently is handled differently for addressing. Oh, my gosh. This is so lame. I mean, this breaks everything. You can't do this. I mean, I understand we're running out of IP4, but why not issue some IP6 addresses or, or and do 6 to 4 and, and tornado server? Or, or, anyway, it's just there's, I don't know, it just really saddens me. Cause I've, but I've we've been, been waiting for, been the, for the first indications yeah. uh, that the IPv4 address shortage would affect you. And this is the first, like, literally, like, tangible one that I've seen. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll be connected through your 4G card, and you're like, for some reason, I can only get to Internet addresses. Why is my VPN not working? Why yeah. is that? All right, that's it for this edition of Tech News Today. Thanks, everybody, for watching. You can find us on the web at twit.tv slash TNT. You can email us, TNT at twit.tv, or you can give us a call, 260-TNT-SHOW. We'll see you tomorrow. Wow. Wow.